Welcome to the Bolstered Up Sports Podcast. I'm Brian Bolster. Please follow me on Instagram at bolstered underscore up underscore sports and on Twitter at BS underscore takes. Please share, rate, review, and subscribe. I appreciate all of the support. Today, I'm joined by Joe Curdo of Turn Up the Jets on Instagram and Twitter to discuss the AFC East, the Patriots' outlook without Tom Brady, the massive offseason by the Miami Dolphins, have the Jets done enough to support Darnold, and are the Bills the team to beat? Really looking forward to it. Hope you all enjoy. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Good. How about you? It's going well. Can't complain. So you're you're like a big time Jets fan. Everything yep. New York. Ironically, I'm actually from uh, the New England area, so I'm around Patriots country. I actually, you know, when I was younger, really grew up to be like a huge Curtis Martin guy, and just kept with the Jets ever since I've been a young kid and I've definitely suffered <laughs> a lot of times uh, especially having a lot of my close friends being Patriots fans but I've rolled with the punches uh, I ended up making the account maybe about a year ago it's all been great but yeah I'm a, definitely a ride or die Jets guy but I try to view myself as you know kind of a realist more of being a biased person for me, I'm a huge Sam Darnold guy, so there's a lot to be excited about. I think finally, been waiting for like 10 years for this. All right, I appreciate you joining me for this AFC East breakdown. Obviously, the big headline of the offseason, really for the whole division, is that Brady is finally gone. And do you think the Patriots' reign of terror is over, or do you think it's just on hold for a year? What's kind of the outlook from a fans perspective from the AFC East uh yeah I mean I, I do not think the dynasty is over to be completely honest with you I think it's hard to count out a team like the Patriots they still have Belichick they still made some solid moves I know they did lose some key guys but the way I look at it is teams build around good defense and, and good offensive line and I think the Patriots have both of those and for a young guy like Jared Sidden to come in, uh, I still think they're they're going to be a tough team and they're going to be competing for that that top spot of the AFC East once again. I completely agree. I went back, looked over their depth chart again, and it was like, I know they lost Van Noy. I know they lost Jamie Collins. That defense still looks really good, particularly in the secondary. The O-line, definitely solid. It's all going to come down to the quarterback play for me. And they picked two tight ends in the draft, and I think that'll help. It still was a bit of a question mark. Like, they didn't pick any wide receivers again. And it's just, I mean, I would expect Nikhil Harry to have a bounce-back season, at least in some respects. And I like Edelman a lot. But I guess they figured we invested a second-round pick in Muhammad Sanu. So that's our pick this year at wide receiver. Like, we aren't just going to pick another one. and. You know, I don't like to question Bill Belichick too much. I think if there is one area that you can, it's in drafting wide receivers. So that is a bit odd to me, but I agree with you. They're solid where it counts on defense and the offensive line. It's really going to come down to Stidham. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely is going to come down to Stidham. And, you know, I think they have enough for in terms of receiver. I, I am shocked that they didn't draft one, but, you know, I think their their main – their main concern was the tight end position, and obviously they go grab two of those tight ends uh, in the third rounds. 
with, with that kid from UCLA and uh, Dalton Keene from, from Virginia Tech. So two, two solid uh, tight ends. They kind of do different things in terms of athleticism and blocking. So I kind of like having two different style of tight ends. But, yeah, I mean, with the receivers, Edelman, Nikhil Harry, I expect him to almost benefit without Brady, as crazy as that seems. But you never really see Brady click with, those young wide receivers, he always likes his old reliable Julian Edelman year in, year out. And uh, I think, you know, Harry can benefit from that. Sanu is, like you said, probably looked as that draft guy because they did trade the, a second rounder last year. And uh, they did get Marquise Lee too, nothing too crazy, but definitely a low risk, high reward. You know, I know 2017, he was a solid asset for the Jaguars, but obviously staying on the field has has been his issue. Yeah, Marquise Lee, an SC guy, so I've followed him quite a bit, and definitely talented. I don't think anybody would really disagree there, but just like you said, an injury-plagued career so far. I thought it was a great pickup for him. And then Devin Asiasi, the other tight end out of UCLA, is just massive. Like I definitely expect them to put him in a role to get the run game going. And again, I mean, like, like we said, I just – can't doubt Bill Belichick. Like, I don't think they're going to win 11 games, but this is a division I expect to be pretty tight, and I won't be shocked at all if they're at 9-7, and seven, something like that, if they get some competent quarterback play. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, you'll see almost three teams be, like, two games away from each other. I wouldn't be surprised if there's, like, 8-8, eight, 9-7, eight, 10-6 all in a row. Uh, I think it's going to be that, that close, and especially, you know, getting a seventh playoff team, this team is still going to compete, so I'm not going to write them off. I've been tortured the last 20 years as a Jets fan, so I'm never going to count them out until, I would say, until Belichick is gone. Completely agree there. So let's go ahead and dive into your beloved Jets. I'm a big SC guy, so I am a huge fan of Sam Darnold. And from an outsider's perspective, I've followed the Jets but wouldn't call myself a fan. I really – don't believe that they have done enough to support him, particularly the last two years. I know there's some momentum this year coming from the draft. Personally, I would say still not quite enough just because Makai Becton, to me, a bit of a boomer bust guy and still will be just a rookie. And same with Mims. I think those two guys, incredible ceilings and where they got them could be huge value. But I do worry, again, from an outsider's perspective of the Jets, picking boomer bust guys, how do you feel about what they've done to support Sam Darnold, particularly this offseason? Yeah, this offseason, I think it's definitely been their best. Uh, they, you know, the first time I think they have a GM that sees the, the light in the tunnel here for the Jets' future and Joe Douglas. Obviously, the first two years, he was just surrounded by an, an awful, awful offensive line and not really any top-tier weapons. You know, I think they addressed what they needed. Um, I still believe that they're one year away from being that, you know, sure thing that I think they could be a playoff team. I mean, I still think, you know, they're going to compete this year. I think they're going to be a lot more competitive. But, you know, exactly like you said, there, there's, there's still a lot of young guys. Um, it's so hard to ask for, like, a rookie offensive tackle to just come right in and, and be a Pro Bowl caliber player. Do I think he has a shot to? Uh, absolutely. But, you know, to ask that for a young kid, only at 22, year one, it's pretty unlikely. Um, I do think he will have better uh, receivers this year. 
you know, I know they did lose Robbie Anderson, but the way I look at it is they lost Robbie Anderson and gang Denzel Mims and Brashard Perryman. Um, I'm actually, you know, really interested to see what Perryman could do. A guy kind of almost, I like to call a late bloomer type of guy, a former first round pick in 2016 when he was drafted by the Ravens. And obviously last year, the last five games, he was a pretty, you know, pretty good asset. He put up pretty big numbers once Godwin and Evans were injured. He kind of stepped in. So I'm interested to see that. But I definitely want more support on that line. Um, I know that they have a shot to almost have a complete overhaul in, in terms of their offensive line. They might have five new starters. I know that Larry Warford, the former Saint, is still out there. I think that is something the Jets have to jump on. I think it's all about the offensive line. And I think Douglas has the right vision. I, I think they're a year away to be a sure thing, but they're definitely going to be interesting this year because I think this is definitely the best team that Sam has had around him for the first three years. I think you're right on with Joe Douglas, and I think they're being smart about this, not rushing things, even though Sam Darnold's going into his third year. He's only 22. Like, he's younger right. than Joe Burrow. Lamar Jackson's incredibly young. He's even younger than him the youngest quarterback to ever start a game. So I think they're being smart, realizing, okay, we're, we're dealing with a quarterback who's going into his third year, but really is kind of the age of a rookie. So let's not overpay for a Robbie Anderson when we really aren't ready this year. And I like what they got in Perriman in terms of prototype. He's a guy that can step into that Robbie Anderson role. Similarly with Denzel Mims, guys with size that can stretch the field. So I like that. The questionable move to me over the offseason was paying George Fant three years, $30 million, to what seems like, at least in an ideal world, he would be a backup. Mekhi Becton on the left tackle, Chuma Adoga on the right tackle. Now, I think both of those guys are projects in some ways, and maybe they aren't going to be ready for that day one. But that was just a questionable move to me. Yeah, I mean, that's funny. I mean, I, I liked almost every move besides the George Fant move, and I believe that that was the first move they made in free agency, and I just didn't get it. Uh, I believe that it was around 13 guaranteed, so if he is injured, which he has been in the past, they might not have to pay that whole contract. But, yeah, I mean, he hasn't proved to me to be – he's kind of like a fringe starter. That's how he was in Seattle. If someone got hurt, Fant would come in. Um, I do think he's going to get the benefit of the doubt to have a, a shot. And I see him and Chuma Adoga kind of battling that out. Again, Adoga is a work, a work in progress as well. Kind of progressed a little at the end, struggled in the beginning. But I don't think – I didn't really expect him to even sniff a game last year. It just showed how bad the, the Jets' offensive line was. They were desperate. Uh, but, yeah, the, the George Fant deal did not make sense to me. I uh, get wanting depth. But I think, you know – they paid him the most money out of anyone else because any, everyone else got either lower than $30 million and were also under one-year deals. So, that, yeah, that was the only thing that kind of – I scratched my head, but they kind of proved me wrong once they kept going and, and signing these – particularly these offensive linemen. Completely agree. I, I don't think they expected to have to play a Doga last year at all either. He was picked pretty high, I believe, in the third round, but yeah. definitely seen as a project athletic guy that needed to build some strength and develop and they kind of had to throw him into the fire right away and he wasn't quite ready but you would 
think with a full off season, all right, this guy's going to be ready next year. Well, maybe there's a wrench in those plans with the COVID-19. So we'll just have to wait and see. But I, again, I think there's a lot of promise with Darnold. They were seven and six last year. He had 62% completion for just over 3,000 yards, 19 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. One thing I would like to see is Gase be a little bit more aggressive down the field in the passing game. Now, I understand, obviously, it's hard to do that if your offensive line can't protect very much. Not to mention, you aren't running the ball at all, so play action doesn't mean anything. So I'm, I'm curious, in the mind of a Jets fan, what do you think about Adam Gase? I know there's a lot of optimism at the beginning. I mean, an offensive guy, wow, he did some things with the Dolphins of Tannehill. But he also, I mean, he's just pretty polarizing. He's seen in some lights as a genius and some knowledgeable football guys really like him. And then he has the moments in press conferences where you're just wondering what's going on in that guy's brains because his eyes are like <laughs> on a different planet. So, so what did Jess think about Adam Gase? Any confidence there? Yeah, I mean, uh, initially w when the process started, uh, I wanted Matt Rule. He was my guy, um, obviously, with the Panthers now. And I think they fell through because the Jets wanted to handpick his staff, and he obviously didn't want he, he didn't want that. So it fell through. Gase allowed that. And I think the Jets kind of picked a pretty solid staff around him. Huge, huge, huge Greg Williams fan. Uh, I think he really revamped that defense last year, especially with the injuries. For me with Gase, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I never really was a huge fan of his. I know what he did on Miami that first year was really shocking. I was like, wow, this could be like the, the new upcoming young coach. But after that, it's kind of been a little downhill. Definitely had some questions. Like, he, like you said, he has flashes of being a genius and then flashes of like, what are you doing? Like, just scratching my head here. Um, but I, I'm not a guy that wants to fire him right away because I'm thinking about my franchise guy, Sam Darnold. You know, he's already been in two systems in two seasons. This will be his first year to be in the same system. And I think that's huge. He's still young. I mean, do you really want to fire Gase and have Darnold learn a third system in three years? Absolutely not. That's just going to – it's going to hurt his development. I, I do think that, you know, Gase has a vision for Darnold in – they seem like they have a good relationship, so I like that about him. He's got to show me more, most definitely. At times last year, I mean, I was really disappointed with him, but at the end, they did win six out of the last eight, so maybe there's something going here. I'm just not a fan of firing someone a year after, especially when you have a young quarterback. Completely agree, but I, I do think, at least from the outsider's perspective, that Gase is on the hot seat this year. Like, they're oh, going to yeah. have to compete for the division, not necessarily win. But I think if they're anything under 500, I would not be shocked if he was let go, which I think, again, just from an organizational standpoint, would be just another letdown to Sam Darnold, which would be disappointing. But, again, he's still young, so if you get the right system in there, I think he could bounce back. One thing that will help him is the run game. Do you expect Le'Veon Bell? to really rebound this year? I do. I think they made enough. Uh, I, I definitely don't think the offensive line is a finished product, but, you know, I think Bell's talented enough to still have a pretty solid year, uh, especially to his patient run style. I mean, it was almost impossible for him to have any success last year. The Jets were the 31st ranked offensive line when running the football last year. Not good at all. 
and it's really tough for you to ask someone to to go in and and especially a guy with the resume of Le'Veon Bell's to continue that stardom. Um, so I wasn't shocked. I especially didn't really love the way that Gase handled him last year. Uh, however, I, I I think as any Jets fan, you gotta be you gotta be confident in Le'Veon Bell because in terms of a talent standpoint, he is the most talented player on their offense, the most proven player on their offense. So for me, I think they really mis misused him last year. I'd like to see him more out of the coming out of the slot. I think, you know, having Frank Gore will benefit that. You know, they got to be more creative and kind of like you saying, throw the ball downfield. They can't just playing, you know, short passes and you kind of got to be aggressive. And I, I think for a team like the Jets, they're, they're not the most talented team. So I think you got to take your chances, you know, throw the ball downfield, use players like Bell in the slot and get creative in there. So I do believe that Bell can have a big year. I definitely don't like all the rumors that surrounded the trading. I, I don't really get it, but we'll we'll just have to wait and see and see how Gates really utilizes Bell into his second year as a Jet. Yeah, I really like Le'Veon Bell's play style. I'm a big fan of his ability to do everything and be patient. So if it's not there at first, he could still make something happen. So I think he will rebound. Now, you said you're a big fan of Greg Williams in that defense. So to me, the two biggest question marks – or one, Quinnen Williams, is he going to bounce back or are we looking at a bust? And then second, Jamal Adams, he's a great player. There's no question about his play. But there's been so much in the media about are they going to get a contract together? Are they going to trade him? Is he unhappy there? What do you think about the defense coming together this year? Does Quinnen Williams bounce back? Is Jamal Adams still on the team? Yeah, I, I really hope that Quinn bounces back. I mean, couldn't really ask for a worse rookie year. Uh, I get, you know, he's still young. And I know I personally wanted Josh Allen as the edge rusher because I just thought he was more of a polished, finished product. Uh, I kind of see Quinn Williams almost like similar to Makai Becton. They're just coming in really raw, uh, very young, very talented. But it's tough to, you know, make that jump year one and be successful he only had one game that he played 70 percent of the snaps obviously did not have a huge sample size battled an ankle injury too almost all year long uh, I think there is definitely concerns obviously this is kind of flirting with a, a bust pick but I think it's too early to to kind of tell I've seen him it seems like he's gaining muscle uh, working hard you know and I think that is really that's great to see as a fan perspective and an organizational perspective because he is so raw. And I think he has a lot of developing to do. So I really hope that he can come in this year and kind of produce. I'm not going to say he's going to come in and be a star. Uh, I really think he has the potential at the end of the day, but as bad as he was last year, you just want him to be healthy one and just show any sign of improvement from last season. And for Jamal Adams, like you said, I mean, personally, I think, He's an easy top three safety in the league. Uh, could be even talked about as being the best. I know Derwin James is great. Minka Fitzpatrick is great. There's some great safeties in the NFL. But in terms of Jamal Adams, I mean, he still has two years left in his contract. And I think that's the thing. The, the Jets are trying to build a team here. They have a lot of holes. It's not like they're, you know, that one player away from making the step there are there are a few there are a good amount of players away uh they still got to address the offensive line uh, i believe you know the edge rusher is still a little concerned 
And the wide receivers, I still think you could get better. So for Adams to kind of ask for a contract, especially you know it's going to be big because he's going to get paid a lot of money. It's just an inconvenient time. That's what I like to say. Just due to the fact that Douglas is trying to do his thing, get more talent around him, around Darnold. I don't see the Jets trading him, honestly. Um, if they did, would I be shocked? No, I wouldn't. Hopefully, Adams does not hold out and they can get something going as soon as this year ends because I know that's the Jets' goal. They want to they get him signed right after this year. Obviously, Adams wants to get signed right before this year. Hopefully, they come to some sort of agreement. I just think a lot of people, you know, when they hear Jamal Adams, they kind of like to, to burst out and be like, oh, he's going to be traded. Just because there's not too many great players like Adams that eventually gets traded, especially at such a young age. Yeah, I, I think the Jets would be crazy to pay mm-hmm. him two years early. Not that he's yeah. not good enough. I just don't think we've seen a, a track record of that working out in the NFL, paying anybody but quarterbacks more than two years early. I just don't think it's a good idea. They still have him under contract for two more years, the fifth year option being a good option for the player. I mean, he could make more in the open market, but they do get paid handsomely for that fifth year. And I think if they can manage the situation, get it to at least next year, see where your team's heading a little bit. Because just like you said, with them being multiple players away, I don't think you want to have the highest paid safety in the league and be a team that's still trying to break above 500. Right. It'd be different if it was a quarterback. I mean, you don't really go out and pay a safety that much unless you're that one player away. Like I kind of said, they still have more pieces to add. I mean, they're still like a year away to really being that team competing. So I think next year would be more convenient. Uh, They'd have more cap space. If he had one year left, then yeah, pay him. But two years is just a little ridiculous to me. I just don't think the timing is right. I know Jets Nation is kind of split down the middle. Some people think, you know, Douglas is doing a great job of kind of holding back and waiting. And some people think, you know, Jamal Adams is being disrespected. If it was one year left, yes, but two years too far, especially for safety. And especially what you said as well earlier, in the past, that never works out. For a team like Jets Caliber, just to throw a bunch of money, probably be 75 million plus out of safety. It doesn't make sense right now with what state the Jets are at. Now, you mentioned pressure coming off the edge in particular, being a question mark for the Jets. Do you expect that to be improved this year? Do you think they've done enough to at least get into that middle of the NFL tier as far as pass rushing goes? Yeah, I think, you know, with with Williams developing, uh, they did add Jabari Zuniga in the third round uh, out of Florida. I think this kid could have been almost a first-round talent if he hadn't gotten injured in his senior year. Uh, really explosive, really versatile. Wasn't a an every-down edge rusher. Did rush, you know, did like to blow up the middle as well. But I think any guy, he, he can get to the quarterback because he's pretty athletic, especially for his size. They also added Bryce Huff out of Memphis an undrafted free agent who I also really like. I still think that is a a position of concern. And no, I do not want the Jets to go get Clowney again. They're not in that position to throw money at a guy like him, especially due to his inconsistency. He's a a terrific player, but one play is the best player in the field. The other play, he's non-existent. So, but I think they've definitely addressed it. Still think, again, uh, even with edge rushers, they're still – a year away, because they, they have a lot of young guys, uh, a lot of young edge rushers. And 
I think one of those guys will be bound to to step up. It's just a matter of who. I think Quinn Williams probably has the best shot. We'll see. I also like this Zuniga kid from Florida, but he does have the concerns of being injured in the past as well. I couldn't agree with you more on Jadavion Clowney. I just, again, where the Jets are, I don't think they should be throwing him big money. But also, he's a guy that for four games, he's going to be great. And then for 12 games, he's going to be average at best. And he's going to have probably a couple stinkers in there too. And I just, to me, I'm kind of out on Jadavian Clowney. We'll see if he comes back. Maybe he signs a one-year deal, gets fired up to play on a contract year and earn that money that nobody would give him this free agency. We'll have to see. Next, I wanted to talk about the Dolphins, the team that's getting a lot of hype over this offseason. They had a huge draft, at least on paper. They got tons of draft picks, high draft picks, as well as next year. So I know the Dolphins are a team that a lot of people are buying to leapfrog the Jets. Maybe not necessarily this year, but really moving forward. I'm a big fan of Tua Tagovailoa, the major injury concerns there. But what's your take on the Dolphins? Do you think they are the up-and-comer in the AFC East, or do you think they'll still be the bottom dweller? Uh, Again, I think the Dolphins are still a year away, too maybe even a little further than the Jets. Uh, but, yeah, I think they're definitely up and coming. I, I think this division is going to be very entertaining in the next few years. You've got four young quarterbacks, uh, very talented. I know there's a question mark with Stidham. But in terms of, you know, Tua, Allen, and Darnold, I mean, that's going to be fascinating to see. Uh, I think all four of these teams in the future are, are going to be pretty close. I, I don't think the Dolphins are going to be – sitting in last place for much longer. I definitely think they'll win more games this year. But for me personally, I don't really see Tua playing this season. I really do think they'll they'll kind of try to let Fitzpatrick do his thing again. Uh, the fact that they won five games last year is absolutely insane. When you look at, at them on paper, for me, that's a 1-15, 2-14 and And they managed to go 5-4 and four the last nine games. I definitely think they got a bright future. They also added a really good lineman in Austin Jackson. Obviously, you love him too. And SC guy, I was really high on him as well. They definitely paid a lot of guys, uh, especially for their defense, you know, adding Byron Jones, Kyle Van Noy, Emmanuel Ogba, uh, Shaq Lawson, Eric Flowers. I mean, well, Eric Flowers is the offensive lineman, but a lot of new pieces. They spent a lot of money. So it will be interesting. I definitely think they're they're on the rise. I think almost every team in the AFC is on the rise, in my opinion. The Patriots, I still think they're they're still the Patriots. But the other three that haven't gotten the shot in 20 years, definitely on the rise. The Dolphins winning five games was crazy because they started off the year with just a dearth of talent. There's not much there at all, and they were probably expected to go one or two wins. Then they trade almost every good player that they have and then end up winning – Five total games with a, a pretty good streak there at the end, which is pretty incredible. And I, I like what Brian Flores is doing there. They're kind of building things in the Patriots' way. They're building that defense from back to front with Byron Jones there. They got Howard, another really good corner. But just like you were bringing up, their offseason was odd to me. In my opinion, they drafted a lot of really high-potential raw prospects. Like, I, I really like who they picked. But they're swings for the fences. Like, I like Austin Jackson a lot. He's a bit of a project. He has great athleticism, great frame. 
needs to add some strength, but it's definitely a project. And you look at Tua, I don't think anybody would really question his talent, but obviously the injury, that's a huge question mark. And that could end up being a great pick or just you get nothing. Igbahagane, the, the corner they picked out of Auburn, again, an extreme athlete, but was viewed by all the pundits, even the guys who liked him, like this is a raw cornerback. And you can kind of see that throughout their draft. And then just like you said, when you get to the free agency, they spent big money to what would seem like they're trying to win now. A conflicting offseason, in my opinion, and definitely one that will bring some intrigue this year. Yeah, you hit it on the head. They, they did take a lot of risk. And for a team that was obviously it's kind of been in the bottom of the barrel the last few years, uh, it, it is interesting. I honestly thought at the end they were going to go Herbert just because he was right then and there the safer option I think too has a higher ceiling just given his great talent and we saw it in Alabama when he was healthy but that's a huge hit that hip injury is not a good injury to have they, they call it the Bo Jackson hip <laughs> that's what they've kind of been calling it and that's not great I mean the Dolphins training staff they they were confident that Tua would be able to recover but we'll have to see same thing with me Austin Jackson Love the player, but there definitely is a little risk there. I'm not a huge Kyle Van Noy guy. I think he just succeeded with the Patriots system. I think they threw a lot of money at a guy who isn't really all that proven. Probably had one really legitimate year. Byron Jones, you know, he's a great player. Again, threw a lot of money at him. So it it will be interesting. I don't think they're going to come in and make the playoffs or anything. I think they'll be flirting around 6-10. and But I love Brian Flores. I, I definitely think he's the real deal. You, you saw it last year. For him to win five of the last nine games after starting 0-7, obviously they traded Micah Fitzpatrick in the, the middle of the season. It looked like both teams benefited. Like the Steelers were great with Minka, and then the Dolphins started cooking without him, which is ironic. But, yeah, I mean, I think Flores is a great coach. I think they're, they're moving the right direction, but – like you said, they, it was definitely a weird offseason because they made a lot of moves, but there's a lot of boom or bust guys, especially through the draft. I guess we'll get to see how far modern medicine has come because just like you said, they called this the Bo Jackson hip injury, and Bo Jackson was basically done after it. He was never the same player at all. I hope that doesn't happen to Tua. I mean, it's been a couple decades since then, so I'm staying optimistic. It will be interesting to see if they if they stick with Fitzpatrick, see if he has a little bit of magic left, take it easy on Tua, make sure that he's at least 100%. Fitzmagic is awesome to watch as somebody who just doesn't care about any team that he's ever played for, and <laughs> he's just awesome to watch. He looks he's like great. a wild man out there from Harvard, like just an interesting character for the NFL mm-hmm. to have, and he will have some great performances that just make you, I mean, shake your head. Like, where did that come from? And, but I will say he's almost the type of player that like, once you start expecting something from him, he lets you down. And I think the bills got to see that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Arrival. Right. And, and the jets did a little bit too. <laughs> they yeah. had that crazy year with him. And then after that, it was nothing, but yeah, he's a, he's definitely, one of the most fascinating players that's been through this league. I, I wouldn't even imagine him to still be in the league uh, coming out of Harvard. Still think they're one year away. I don't see the rush and get two in there. Because even with two of this year, I don't think they're a playoff team. You could almost say they're almost the most improved team in this division. 
but uh, we'll, we'll just have to see how those guys, you know, come in and, and perform. Yeah, and then we got the Bills, and in my mind, they're the team to beat. And I don't really feel all that comfortable saying just because what we've seen with the Patriots. But when you look at their roster on paper, they are stacked. And I really like what Sean McDermott has done. Would the Bills be the team to beat in the AFC East, in your opinion? I think they could be. Uh, definitely the on paper, definitely the best roster right now. And what they've done over the last three years since McDermott has been around has been pretty amazing. It just shows how important a coach is to an NFL team. That's the disadvantage I see with the Jets. I definitely think they have the worst coach in the division. With McDermott, I love everything he's done. But I'm not going to go ahead right now and and say that the Bills are going to win the division easily. They haven't won the division in 24 years. I wasn't even alive when that happened. Uh, Same thing with the playoff win. It's crazy. Like I I definitely see the hype, and I think they're going to be a great team. They have an elite defense, and it's all up to Josh Allen. It's not even can Allen make a step. He needs to make a leap for them to really come in be that team that almost is competing for a top three spot in the AFC. Really interested to see what the Bills do here. The talent is not an issue. It's just kind of adapting that talent to the field and kind of breaking the Bills' curses, obviously, over the, the last 24 years. On paper, there's no doubt that they're the best team in this division. Yeah, and I, I would agree with you. The big question mark is Josh Allen, and particularly – if they expect to have any playoff success. I bet you any Bills fan would tell you we intend on winning the division this year and at bare minimum making the playoffs. And I'd be pretty surprised if they just didn't make the playoffs at all. But I won't be surprised if they lose early in the playoffs as long as Josh Allen is as inaccurate as he has been. He's shown some flashes, and I, I really like a lot of what he brings to the game. But accuracy is something that, to me, is so valuable and has proven to be something that's so difficult to develop that it's just a major question mark in my mind. And I have a feeling at the end of the season, Bills fans are really going to be scratching their heads about Josh Allen and their opinions of him moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think the accuracy is definitely a concern. And a, a, a weird move to me was adding uh, Jake Fromm in the fifth round. I think that just puts more drama in that quarterback room. Uh, hypothetically, let's say, you know, the Bills go in and, and they're maybe like two and three, kind of working things out. Allen and, and Diggs hasn't really – I'm not saying this is going to happen. This is hypothetical. Allen and Diggs don't really have that relationship yet. People are going to be like, let's start Jake Fromm. I guarantee it. I, that's why I didn't want the Jets to draft a guy like this. You know, an SEC guy. He's known. He's playing in the national championship game as a freshman. And I think that's just going to cause a, a lot of uh, drama in that locker room if Allen is unable to perform as everyone expects him to. I think he has a lot going for him. Allen's a big-body guy. He's fast. With inaccurate quarterbacks, how are you going to get to your, your weapons? Yeah, they have Diggs, Beasley, and – and John Brown, who I think is a great receiving core all around. I mean, Diggs and Brown are great in the outside. Brown's obviously that deep threat. Beasley's a great slot. But he needs to improve in the accuracy. If he can, that's why I say he needs to make a leap. If he can make a leap, watch out. 
Uh, Buffalo's going to be a team to beat. But right now, I'm not buying into the Josh Allen. Like, I, I have to see more. I have to see more than 20 touchdowns, nine interceptions last year. And what he did in that playoff game really just kind of made me nervous. They had that game won 100%, and you just saw at the end the inaccuracy. It's, it, it's a killer. You, you, need to, you need to be accurate, especially as a young quarterback. So it will be interesting. I think this is like the make it or break it year for Allen. There's no doubt about it. They've surrounded him with unbelievable talent. So it's his time to shine now. Yeah, I agree. I love their weapons. I love Stefan Diggs. It'll be interesting, just like you said, to see how he reacts to a quarterback that isn't very accurate and go into the Bills where typically receivers don't exactly put up great numbers. But I do like their receiving core there. They added Gabriel Davis and Isaiah Hodgins in the draft, and I really like where they got those guys at. You have Singletary. You bring in Zach Moss who I really like. I don't see him as a a top-flight talent, but I think he's kind of somebody that's in the mold of a Frank Gore. So I like that pick. And then Dawson Knox at tight end shows flashes of brilliance. I really like all of that. You bring up a good point with them drafting from, and I think the organization would say, well, we drafted him late in the fifth. There's no pressure at all. But with him being such a big name, And being on center stage his whole career in college, from the fan perspective, I think they are going to apply some pressure to Josh Allen. And if for some reason they come out of the gate slow, there probably will be some calling for Fromm because this team's expected to win and win right away. And with the team around Allen, I think that's a fair expectation. Now, that kind of sparked something for me because the Jets drafted James Morgan in the fourth. Now, he's not as big a name. But are Jets fans concerned that the Jets organization is trying to move off of Darnold? Or is that just purely the backup quarterbacks that they had last year were just putrid and we need somebody who we can maybe compete with? Yeah, I think they're just uh, addressing the depth of that position. They went 7-9 and nine last year and Darnold was, you know, basically he played week one with Mono and then he missed three more weeks and it was just terrible. You know, Luke Falk. Uh, I can't really say Trevin Simeon was terrible because he got injured pretty quickly. Uh, second quarter right in there, just bad luck. And Falk kind of got thrown in there. And, yeah, he was he was absolutely terrible. It was tough to watch. So, I think it is more so backup guy. Darnold is definitely the guy. I think, you know, it kind of reflects on the Flacco move as well. Get a veteran. Get a young guy behind Darnold. Get some depth just in case. I mean, obviously, you don't want to be banking on Darnold getting hurt. But now they have a backup plan. And I like the Morgan pick. I, I didn't expect him to go in the fourth round. But, you know, he has the size. He has a strong arm. Uh, I think he know he has backup written all over him. Uh, I think he's, he's very, very raw. He really impressed in, in the senior bowl. So that, that's, I think that's what caught Scout's eye. He definitely is a work in pro, uh, progress. But that's why I was happy that Fromm wasn't drafted because this shows that, you know, Donald's the guy. He has to be the guy. He's younger than Morgan. Uh, Morgan's 23. <laughs> so Donald's younger than him too. So, yeah, I think that's just kind of a position that you need to address behind Donald so you have a little more clarity if something ever happened with Donald, you know, as freak as a mono incident uh, a year ago. I'm there with you exactly all the way. with Especially Morgan, he's got a cannon. And I think they just went for 
you know, a guy with a, a high ceiling as a backup and then a guy with a relatively high floor, I guess, in Joe Flacco. So that way you feel like you've got both areas of your backup QB taken care of there. But back to the Bills, I think what sets their floor so high and makes them maybe the most steady team in the division is that defense. Their defense is loaded on all three levels. They got Tredavious White, who's in the discussion for top corner in the league. They've got Ed Oliver on the line, who showed a lot of promise last year. Micah Hyde, one of the top safeties, and Tremaine Evans, one of the best linebackers in the league. And that's the reason, you know, I could see the Bills struggling this year. It's really hard for me to see them slipping below 500 just because of their their defense and some of the weapons that they have surrounding Josh Allen. Yeah, that's that's a great defense. And, and they go and add, you know, Josh Norman in a one-year deal to go besides White. That's going to be tough. Mario Addison, another guy who I liked coming from the Panthers. Quentin Jefferson from the Seahawks. So they, they really beefed up that line. Uh, that front seven is going to be scary. I don't think they even have a hole in that defense. So, you know, he can rely. You know, Allen has the weapons, like we said. You know, I like Devin Singletary, too. It's going to be interesting what Zach Moss does. But you could see, you know, great defenses and a good running game. That's how you take pressure off of, you know, quarterbacks like Josh Allen, who may not be elite, is kind of in that middle of the pack, in my opinion, right now, until he tells us otherwise. But, yeah, I mean, I think he's set up well. I, I do not see the Bills going under 500. I'd be shocked. You know, I think 9-7 and seven the worst right now. Obviously, anything could change. They could go 13-3, and three, or they could be worse than 9-7. Who knows? But right now, I, I cannot say that the Bills are going to go under 500, just given the, the great talent they have on the defense. And even though Allen is not the most accurate guy, he definitely has the weapons to succeed. Yeah, I'm with you there. It'll be exciting to see because I think no matter what, no matter what arrangement of teams this division has from one to four, at the end of the day in the standings, I think it's all going to be incredibly tight. I'll put you on the spot a little bit. If you had to predict the Jets, not necessarily record, but general outcome of the season, do you think there's going to be a lot of optimism heading into Sam Darnold's fourth year? Or do you think there's going to be questions about should we pick up this guy's fifth year option? I think it's got to be optimism not even being biased. I think Darnold was the most talented quarterback to come out of that class. I, I still think he is. He talked about his, his age and just everything that he can do. He's kind of like a magician in the pocket. I like to say he has that like big Ben type of vibe to him. He's a big kid. You know, he's a true leader too. You can see it. You saw it in SC when he came in as a freshman, won the Rose bowl. I really think he's a franchise type of guy. So I think the Jets have really surrounded him finally with a better core around him. And you look at last year, as bad as that team was, as bad as that offensive line was, he was seven and six. I think that's pretty impressive. I, you could say that, yeah, the teams they, they beat at the end weren't good. They're just playing their schedule. And that's what I say to, to that. So I think there's got to be optimism. Um, I think the Jets will be – in the middle of the pack in this division here. I almost see it as, you know, they do have a tough schedule, but there's a lot of games that could go either way. We just simply don't know because I believe a lot of teams have changed this year. There's 
a lot of up-and-coming teams, a lot of teams that have expectations but haven't proven, like the Bills, like the Browns, even though the Bills went to the playoffs last year, like the Bills, like the Browns, like the Buccaneers, like the Cardinals. So it, it will be interesting. But for me, I can't say that they'll, you know, Donald's going to come and have his worst season yet. I think, you know, you have to, you have to bet on him having his, his best season yet. Just given, you know, the more talent and the more protection, more so the more protection that he received in this offseason. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you from my point of view, I think Darnold's going to kill it, especially if Becton and Adoga come around. If Mims can flash, I really like Sam Darnold's ability to raise the level of play around him. I think we've already seen that some with the Jets. I mean, I would argue that team, if they don't have a Darnold, even if you throw in a Josh Allen, I don't think they go seven and six with Josh Allen last year. I, I think Sam Darnold is a proven winner. If you want to get psyched up for the season, I'm telling you, go back, search Sam Darnold USC highlights in YouTube. And magician is a great word because that guy just makes something out of nothing. He's won at every level. I mean, I would argue at USC, They've been a little bit down for the past couple years, but that team had no business being in the Rose Bowl or the year after in another New Year's Six Bowl against Ohio State if they don't have St. Darnold. I mean, we saw before he went in his freshman year, redshirt freshman year, they were struggling, struggling bad with a quarterback who, when he was being recruited, was the number one quarterback in the nation. And they were struggling pretty bad with him. You insert Sam Darnold, it's instant juice, not only to the offense, but the whole team. And the division's tough this year, but I really think the Jets will be above 500. Hard for me to see better than nine and seven, but I think that's the best case scenario. Becton flashes all of those same highlights that he was at Louisville. Denzel Mims is creating big plays. Jamison Crowder staying healthy. I think that's one part that maybe some people are overlooking. I think if Jamison Crowder goes down and he has been injured, they really just don't have another guy to fill that position. I expect the running game to be better. I like Perriman and Mims, but like we mentioned, they're a little bit boomer bust, and I think that slot position is going to be so important. And it worries me seeing some of their backup wide receivers. Yeah, they definitely don't have the the depth with receivers. That definitely makes me a little nervous. I think Crowder is definitely the glue. He was their best receiver last year, so that's another thing. Don has a lot of new weapons, but you know, this is a guy he already knows, and he had a great year last year. He had over 800 yards, six touchdowns, so but that's definitely a guy who needs to stay healthy. And I remember when they signed Crowder, that was my only concern. Like, when he's on the field, he's great. Uh, I think he's one of the better slot guys in the, like a true slot guy in the league. Um, he's been consistent, but, you know, the, that's what it is. It's the injuries. The Jets had the second most injuries last year. Excuse me. They had the most injuries last year, and they actually had the second most injuries in the last two decades in a season, which is absolutely crazy. They lost guys like C.J. Mosley, too. I'm really excited to come back. So there's a lot of optimism, I think, and – I definitely agree. I think eight, eight, nine, seven, very possible. I don't see anything higher than that. Like I said, I still think they're one year away from being, oh, this team, you know, maybe double digit wins, still a year away. Uh, but I think they'll compete. I think it'll be a very competitive division. 
you know, those guys have to stay healthy. And I totally agree that the wide receiver depth definitely concerns me with Braxton Berrios, more of a punt returner, great at his craft, what he does, but he's not really that. I'm not feeling confident throwing him in there. But Vincent Smith is another guy who's a little more unknown, came in last year, has tremendous speed. But again, I'm not going to feel comfortable throwing him in there. So those receivers absolutely need to stay healthy. But uh, I like to say I don't think the Jets needed a Stephon Diggs this year because if Darnold is not on his back and he has protection, he's going to make those guys great, like what he did at SC. I just appreciate you having me on. This was great. I could talk all day about football, so uh, this is a great session to kind of break down the division here. Like we said, I think this is going to be a really interesting division, and it's kind of hard to predict it. So definitely excited to see what these four teams do in 2020. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Bolstered Up Sports Podcast. I'm Brian Bolster. Please follow me on Instagram at bolstered underscore up underscore sports and on Twitter at BS underscore takes. Please share, rate, review, and subscribe. I appreciate all of the support. I want to thank Joe Curdo from Turn Up the Jets for coming on. Please follow him on Instagram and Twitter. I have a mailbag episode coming up next, so make sure to get your questions in and stay tuned. Thank you.